Welcome to the Peter Diagnos Podcast. And today I'm going to be speaking about alcohol, alcohol culture, and its effects on our lives and why we drink alcohol. So I'll just start by saying that I drank alcohol and I abused it. I used to black out a lot and I got into many dangerous situations and, um, what happened was I started to use it and sort of become like a shell self to become like an external identity that I wasn't, but I was living as that. And I became very depressed and sad and angry and I was able to escape into this world. But after a while, it just wasn't working anymore and it was just becoming very dangerous. So I got sober about four years ago, a little over four years ago. So I'm saying these things with a little distance from the alcohol, the alcohol scene, the alcohol culture, and sort of just my perspective on things. I think that every year that's gone by, I've gotten a more clear view of the impact that it has had on family members and friends, and a lot of people that don't necessarily have a problem, you could say, but it, it, it's a societal crutch that we use. So... Um, it's a highly supported drug in our society because we live in a society that is very emotionally repressed. And the part that is supported is the fact that we pretend, we mask our emotions, we live for the weekends, we're not really happy in our jobs or what we're doing with our lives, so we need it to blow off steam. So, but think about it. When you ask yourself, why do you drink alcohol, can you give yourself a good response? Why is it? Is it just because everyone else does it? Is it to just take a load off? Is it, are you just really depressed? Miserable about your kids, about your wife, about something? And I think what what this distance from alcohol, these four years of not drinking have allowed me to do is get some perspective on the fact that it's almost like a collective energy. It's like a collective trance state. It's a collective energy in the sense that, um, when you are aligning to that, you are aligning to all the other people who are drinking too in that energy field. And when I go into bars, I can sense that. It's almost like a dark energy. It's like an energy that's like trying to tug at you and take from you and like a, like a soul loss type of thing where you honestly feel like a zombie sometimes when you're at bars. And you feel like, am I really, is this person really here right now? Are they here? Even when they've had like, you know, a moderate amount, they're just buzzed or whatever. But it's almost like everyone is trying to reach this cruising altitude. And I think after a certain point in the night, like say 12, 1 at night, I barely ever go to bars anymore. But when I occasionally go out, I leave around then because that's when everyone hits that cruising altitude. And we're firmly implanted in this idea that we're no longer ourselves. We're just going to be these fake selves. And it's fun because we get to escape ourselves and we're secretly miserable because the society is designed for you to be miserable and take and take and take from you. And so I would say that, yes, it's societally supported and encouraged, but what example is this for kids these kids that are running around and listening to their iPhone for six hours a day, what do you think they're listening to in that music? Do you think they can't be subconsciously programmed, especially at that age? 10 to 15, whatever. 
I don't know how early people are giving smartphones to their kids now, but it's cultural. It's systemic. If you have a, if you have a booming rehab facility industry for drugs, for alcohol, for everything, it's a massive industry in this country. It's a systemic problem. It is not. It is no longer individual. It is no longer mental illness. The system is sick. You you you're pushing a drug to us that that kills roughly a hundred thousand people a year in America. Causes people to to shoot themselves, to beat their wives, to crash their car. Okay, you're not like that, right? You're not like those people, right? But you're taking the chemi the same chemical into your body, and it's a, it's a it's a nervous system depressant. So what do you think it's doing to you? Yeah, it's making you lovey-dovey, whatever that 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 fake heart-to-heart -heart thing that people do when they drink. I used to do that all the time, but you get fake intimate, and then in the morning it's awkward because you don't know how to go back because you're so afraid of your own self, and you know it's awkward because. You're like, want that to go away. So people think it's harmless to have a couple beers, a couple that, a couple this. But it's just, it's a collective energy and, and it's like a trance state that everyone is in. And it makes you think that there's nothing to fight for and there's nothing to strive for in your life. It, 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 it erodes at your soul. That's what I found. And in the past four and a half years that I've been coming back and reclaiming myself, reclaiming my power, I've reclaimed the truth of who I am outside of this drug that does nothing for you it shrinks your consciousness it lowers your consciousness your conscious perception and somehow it's 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 masculine it's patriotic to drink it right that's what the, the television tells me um it's cool it's highly encouraged highly accepted highly classy very classy it fits in perfectly because Self-introspection is feared in this society. We have an allergy to looking inside ourselves. We have an allergy to being alone, which is ironic because we're a very alone society. We're only getting more sedentary and, and, and isolated with the illusion of social media, the illusion of togetherness with social media. So it's ironic because when I'm in bars, I just feel this overwhelming sense of sadness. And you just get this clarity when you're away from it for a really long time, like I have been. And you just see like, oh, I used to be really excited. Like I wanted to go up and talk to that pretty girl or something. And I'm so worried. What, I, what do I say? And I don't know. And it just, and now I just don't care because it's just being in those bars is so, everyone's just hiding from themselves. So they're hiding from themselves and they're escaping their lives, but you're just doing it together because this is the societally sanctioned way of interacting. That's how I have to go meet a mate, by lowering my conscious perception so I feel more comfortable, so I don't feel overwhelmed by emotions, all the constipated, stuck emotions in my body, and putting on this nice facade, and, and then meeting someone that way. But alcohol is a cancer. If you ask me, it is a cancer and it fits in perfectly with the American model of living, which is anti-intellectualism, anti-individual. Um, it, it, it goes along with the herd and the, this media mindset that we, we need to be melded into these little polite little docile consumption zombies that don't know how to think for ourselves. That's why it's, it's funny when people ask me why I don't drink. It's just funny to me.
You're asking me, why do I not put poison in my body? Why do I not put something in my body that, that made me want to die? That when I blacked out, I did dangerous things. And it made me more and more and more depressed because I kept trying to escape myself, but I never could. It's a vicious cycle because you do shameful things when you drink alcohol. And then they get in there and you're feeling bad about it. And then the only way to escape the shame is to drink more. So, it's insidious, is what it is. And it's not harmless at all. That's what you tell yourself, because you think that, you know, you deserve it, you worked hard during the week, your kids are a pain in the ass, you're not happy. This is the insidiousness of groupthink and conformity and this advertising age. This alcohol that somehow I'm triggering people by talking about emotions because it's, it's very against the grain. It's against the stream, which is everyone's liked and everyone's happy because we take these anest this anesthesia so we don't have to feel our emotions on the weekends. And look how happy we are. We love our lives. It's painful, though, because that's what I was doing. I was stuffing down all these emotions that are so... It's just this ball of poison in you. It just becomes this avalanche of things that are just so... It, it's poisoning you, poisoning you and polluting you from the inside out. Having to keep up that mask, having to keep up that fake facade of being happy all the time. So when I have children and there are kids coming up in the world, I don't want them growing up in a world where it is acceptable, it is considered acceptable to escape yourself, to run from your problems, to, to stuff down your misery. This culture that, that, that you listen to the radio and popular music and you, you hear how casual sex and drugs and drinking is the meaning of life. But it's not for the faint of heart. I mean, you could go on living in your illusion about how you're happy and this and that. And, but I know it was really, really hard for me to stop. Because I had to let, stop drinking, because I had to let go of the idea that I was, li I was living for the weekends. And I would get so giddy and joyed up and I would take all my passion and joy and love into those one weekend nights. And what I would do is I would try and hit that sweet spot. Everyone's always trying to hit that, right? And often, oftentimes I would just sail right by it. Because I'm like, you know, you take a shot or two or whatever. Like, I'm not drunk yet. I'm not feeling anything yet. And then you keep pounding shots or beers or whatever. And then it just hits you like a sack of bricks out of nowhere. And then you're blacked out. Or you're on the floor or whatever. Or you're just slurring your words. The, the most time I ever was in that sweet spot was probably 20 to 30 minutes at most. Oh, you're smooth. You're cool. This girl likes you. Or you're saying all the funny jokes. Or you're the one that's dancing at the bar. And... It's just this, this, this hive thing. And it's so, it's like tuning your brain to a channel in, in your mind. And then everyone's on that frequency state. Everyone's in that frequency state. And the frequency state is, let's be our false selves. Let's be our fake selves. And let's have fun because I don't want to be my real self. And that's what societally, societally is told to our kids. Not just with alcohol, with many other things, with fame, with money, with, with beauty standards, but that those are separate. I do not like the fact that children do not have an outlet. 
They do not have someone to tell them that this is not good for you. And yes, you may fit in and you may have fun in high school and college because everyone's doing it, but eventually it is a recipe for self-hatred, for hiding, from, for losing yourself and becoming someone who doesn't know how to confront their own pain, who doesn't know how to heal themselves, who doesn't know how to be really truly open and honest with themselves. We need to be accountable to ourselves first and foremost. That's how you change society. That's how you change patterns. So alcohol, it erodes the very fabric of what we are and who we are as a society. It knocks you off track. It makes you think that everything's good and everything's right and everything's polite, right? Everything on the TV is good. I like these TV shows and this news and that and let's just talk about this bullshit and these sports and that. and you, Like, it's just this charade. When are we going to stand for something? Not let these puppets and clowns on my television tell me what we are. Way up Apocalypse Your lips, my lips Apocalypse